Welcome to the Crazy Wisdom Podcast. Uh, I reached out to Kapil early yesterday morning, um, seeing if he would be available for an interview uh, in the evening. Uh, he said yes, and it was really interesting. I'm really enjoying these last minute interviews, and I think I'm going to slowly start to shift to only doing interviews last minute. Um, and I'm really excited about that. This episode was hard because uh, basically it's been maybe what six months since I last interviewed Kapil, and regardless of the truth of what Kapil talks about, regardless of whether uh, you agree with Kapil, you don't agree with Kapil, um, he is a very, very difficult person to interview uh, because he does not fill the silences. Uh, and every other guest I've ever interviewed uh, totally fills them, um, or I fill them. Uh, and so this one was very difficult to do, as is the last two were, uh, because Kapil doesn't fill those silences, and then I don't fill those silences either. Um, and so I've decided to just keep all of those silences here. I haven't edited anything out. Uh, it's all there. Um, you know, you can do with it what you will. You can skip through the silences. Uh, also, I'm going to make it pretty much a uh, a way of doing this show that if you like to listen to your episodes at twice the speed, you're probably not going to like my, my, my podcast. So probably best to go somewhere else. Um, yeah, so it's this is a very interesting episode and uh, I feel very uncomfortable about publishing it because I'm pretty... Uh, authentic, open about my struggles, and uh, Kapil doesn't really hold back on prying into it. It feels like I'm doing a session with him, basically. It feels like I'm doing a session and then I'm publishing that session. So um, so it's, uh, you know, hopefully you enjoy this. If you do, uh, I think I'm going to reach out to him for more interviews maybe over the next couple of weeks, uh, see if we can get to the bottom of this. Um, but yeah, if you do like this episode, uh, please subscribe. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, and hit the subscribe button. Um, I release episodes about two twice a week. Yeah, not all of them are are like this one with Kapil, uh, but this one, the, the ones I'm doing with Kapil, I'm learning so much more about how to really stay in my own house uh, when I'm doing the interviews, essentially, so to speak, um, and not give in to the silences. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to bringing a lot more silences into the other episodes that I do um, and not necessarily feeding, filling them all the time. Um, and so I'm really excited about that. Yeah. So if you like this episode, go to iTunes, go to Spotify, go to Stitcher, subscribe. Hope you guys have a great day. So welcome to the welcome to the Crazy Wisdom podcast. Uh, this is my third interview with Kapil Gupta. Really excited to do this one again. Uh, and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Let's get right into it. How has your day been? Oh, day's a day. Did anything surprising happen? No. What is your relationship to surprise? Does surprising things happen to you? I don't know, the events of life are unpredictable and things happen and the details of what does and doesn't really is largely, you know, not very significant. And so what drives you to do the things that you do? 
you know, it's the search for the truth, something that's very deep in my bones. And there's no real strategy. It's just something that's very much a part of me and uh, is my life's devotion. We could go into what is truth again, but we've already kind of covered that. Um... What do you spend most of your time doing? Is it in calls? Is it in silence? Is it writing? Much of my time is in writing. And what is the relationship between writing and the truth? Writing is an exploration of truth. Can one find the truth without writing? Is it possible to come to the truth in a conversation like this? It depends upon the nature of the human being. Um, you know, the truth is not really a an agreed upon thing which comes about through a discussion. Uh, it's something that is um, something that comes about through a a deep devotion to find it. So it isn't a debate or a uh, a question and answer type of thing. If these types of things do anything. Uh, at all, they perhaps may, to a given individual, serve as an inspiration, much more than any kind of information. And then what is the relationship between inspiration and devotion? Does inspiration lead to devotion? I don't know. These are definitional, definitional things really are abstract. They don't really go anywhere. Hmm. And then and how can one become more practical? In what? In their life. So if these are, if all the questions I just asked you are abstract and essentially meaningless, how does one find meaning? By looking at the acute events of their life, by looking at the the things that they are doing in their life, the things that are most prevalent that they are involved in, uh, most importantly, the motivation behind why they do the things that they do, mm. and to discover if that is a chase for pleasure, if that is uh, a chase to nowhere, or if it's time that is actually spent uh, in a valuable way that might actually lead them somewhere. So it really comes down to the the person himself and not not trying to find out where he should or what he should or how he should, but what is it that you want and what is it that you're doing and how are you missing the boat? Uh, those are the questions that every person has to ask themselves um, if they are serious about getting somewhere, wherever that somewhere may be. Mm. Missing the boat, that sounds interesting. 
this might go into prescriptions, but what are the signs that someone is missing the boat? Everyone's missing the boat. So you, you wrote about something that seems relevant to this, which is that asking ourselves what we want right now, how do I ask myself what I want? And the first thing that shows up isn't, isn't what I want, but it's that it's a discovery that goes into what I want. Um, can you talk more about that? No one really knows what they want. They, they know everyone's wants are generally a, a reaction to a non-want. No one's really searching for happiness, for example. Everyone's searching for an escape from misery. Um, so it it really comes down to knowing that you have X number of years left to live and how many more years you're willing to spend chasing fruitless things, believing nonsense, following prescriptions, and wasting your life. Mm. So the most practical thing would be to admit to your to yourself that you are in fact completely frivolous, frivolously wasting your life, and that you have been, and how many more months slash years are you willing to do so? That would be the most practical person, mm. as opposed to someone who lies and pretends. And that's what I was going to ask: is what is the main things that gets in the way of somebody? realizing that they're wasting their life because that they believe that the following of prescription actually goes somewhere therefore that makes them believe that they're not wasting their life people are very tied to their beliefs they they equate belief belief with reality mm. So does a search for truth necessarily entail a giving up of all beliefs? What about the beliefs that are, are um, not conscious, like unconscious beliefs? Well, I don't know what that means, first of all. Second of all, just begin with the ones that you believe. So there is no such thing as belief. Someone resorts to belief when they do not know. Either you know or you don't know. And neither one is wrong. But to believe is a cop-out. So you, do you have beliefs? Beliefs come, um, but they go through a filtering mechanism with 
the intent to destroy them because See. they because they meet a deep desire to want to know the truth and therefore they kind of get destroyed by themselves so when i find myself having an opinion or a belief um, it doesn't really satisfy me because the desire to know the truth is infinitely greater for me than the desire to um, both hold on to and uphold a belief. And so has that always been present or is that something you trained yourself or habituated yourself to? I don't know, but what does it matter? I don't... Like, whatever I do or don't do, what does that matter? How does that in any way have any relevance to your life? Mm. Well, because if I want... Okay, well, if I wanted to get to the truth, then is it a well, condition? Why do, why, why do you want to get to the truth? I have noticed that the closer that... Or the more I aim towards the truth, the more life opens up up but that could also be a sense of pleasure seeking as well um, and what's wrong and what's wrong with pleasure seeking that it's an endless an endless process so so what So what we have just displayed and demonstrated is another rule that you're trying to follow. Mm. And therefore, you turned pleasure-seeking into a rule not to break. Mm. Therefore, you prescriptionized it. <laughs> so it seems... It, 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 seems impossible anything that i do will lead to a prescription yes all doings are a complete and utter waste of time so what you're talking about is not accessible to is it's not there's not there's nothing that i can do in order to receive it that's right all things happen of their own accord when the requisite degree of sincerity and seriousness arises. Mm -hmm. So it goes back to the sincerity and seriousness, but there can't be any prescriptions towards seriousness for sincerity, because if you're acting for prescription, that is, means that there is no sincerity. Absolutely. But it's important not to make prescriptions a prescription. Because if you, if you don't follow prescriptions because I say so, you're following a prescription. So it really is about fundamentally understanding, not about following people. Mm. It isn't about listening to people. It is about understanding what is the real thing going on here? Why is it that I say no prescriptions without any sense of faith in my words, without any sense of belief or opinion or agreeing don't ever agree with me. It's horrible to be agreed with. Don't ever agree with me. 
just go into use your own intelligence as a way to incisively dissect the concept of prescriptions rather than the easy way out, the layman, common man way of just taking something, put it in their pocket, and try to follow it, which is what everyone is doing and which is what everyone will continue to do forever. So then the, it also seems that the world of, of talking, and as you were saying earlier, that the conversation is, is useless because we can't get to it. I can't get to it through conversation. I can't pry into it and figure it out because anything you say will just be a reflection of, 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 of because words themselves are prescriptions. Well, I think that your desire to get to it is useless mm. because the whole reason you want to get to it is because you want to cross some finish line. Mm and put a feather in your cap. You haven't examined the truth en enough to know if it's what you really want yet or not. Mm -hmm. So to ask how to get it is extraordinarily premature. A human being, if he's honest, he can at least be honest with where he stands. Where are you? Are you a prescription follower? Fine. That's honesty. A person might say, I have not yet understood what no prescriptions means. Therefore, I follow meditation instructors, and I do mindfulness, and I read nonsensical books, which takes me nowhere. That's fine. And I can be criticized left and right for doing so, and I accept the criticism. But the bottom line is, it's all I know right now. That's honesty. That's sincerity. That is a place to begin. But to go off on a chase and try to add more prescriptions to all the ones that have done nothing for you already is a waste of time. That is the height of dishonesty. So yes, the dishonesty there there seems to be a I am not quite clear where I am. That's that's an interesting point. Um well, there's no reason that you should be clear where you are because you have been so busy chasing prescriptions that you never really examined where you are. So why would you know? And you aren't the only one. Just look to your left and to your right in the meditation hall.
Do you ever ask yourself the question, who am I? No. So I'm running into a perceived issue because there's, you know, there's a, we're recording a podcast and I have nothing to say anymore. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and I like, because we can't have a meaningful discussion about this because do is it well it goes back to the same question is it even useful to be having this conversation not for the purposes mm. that you seem to desire if you have come to this conversation looking for the truth you are premature I think what the biggest problem is for all people is that they believe that they need additional information and additional prescriptions mm. to get somewhere. And there is no shortage of instructors and coaches and on and on who are willing to oblige those requests. So quite frankly, the most fruitful and effective thing that you could be engaged in is the thing that you don't really want to do, which is to look at yourself. And what does that mean to look at oneself? To examine the lies and the chases. if they are in fact ready to stop chasing and stop lying. Almost no one is. Therefore, that is why no one is ready to examine them. Because if you examine them, then you'll see through them. Well, why would you examine something that you're not interested in? People are very comfortable Continuing on with blindfolds in their small little lives, regurgitating nonsense, reading empty books, going to their instructors, practicing mindfulness, socializing the night away. What reason is there to change? Okay, now we're getting somewhere because I'm experiencing confusion um, and
So the reason that I have for change is that I'm suffering and that life is painful. And is there a way out of, well, the way you said the way out of it is to look at oneself. Well, well, how do you know that you want a way out? How do you know that your desire for a way out of the pain and suffering has reached a fever pitch. What evidence do you have for that? Not for me, but mm -hmm. in showing yourself. Yeah, I would say the pain is not, the pain is like bad enough to, uh, uh, it's like mildly want out, but it's okay. not enough to have, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, Human beings do not change course until their back's against the wall and there's a tiger at the bottom of the cliff. There has to be a sufficiently powerful impetus for any significant transformation to even want to occur. And until that impetus happens, it's essentially just all that prescription chasing and not really doing anything, not really having that impetuous to look at oneself. Yeah, there has to be some form of a desire that has to be there. Either that desire is simply there by way of one's DNA or it arises by way of circumstance. Otherwise, why would why would anyone change course at all? There'd be no reason to. Do you think we're, we're headed as a species into... Species a is irrelevant. Mm. I couldn't care less about species. 
species is a convenient way to get to not have to look at oneself. No one cares about the species. You can't try to look at one yourself. You just have to have desire to look at oneself. Isn't that how you do everything in your life? Do you ever do anything in your life that you don't have a desire to do? Or a desire to avoid something. Well, same thing. Yeah. What are you trying to get to in your life? In anything, whether it's materialistic or so-called spiritual, whatever that means. Not where you should go. Well, you're asking me, what are the... What am I... What... Where am I headed? What are the things that I'm striving for? Yes, most viscerally. Yeah, uh, uh, I would say pleasure. Okay. In what? money recognition and the money and the recognition have you attained it mm, recognition a little bit but but uh, money no so what is it that drives you to get a bed every single day I've asked myself that question many times don't know the answer for a long time i wouldn't well get you don't have to you don't well you don't have to ask yourself yourself doesn't know but if you were to put a camera on your head and examine what you do every single day without any words or explanations mm-hmm. what would you find yourself doing most prominently mm-hmm. learning uh, uh learning about stuff uh thinking uh, what is the what is the single most prevalent activity that you're involved in every day? Self-referential thinking. For what? 
the chase. <laughs> no, no. You're, you're being too clever with your answers. Uh, Talk to me like a six-year-old. Uh, what are you looking for? What do you spend your time? Forget the chase. Forget pleasure. You're, you're trying to be too clever by giving me responses from my own discourses. Tell me what you are looking for. What do you find yourself doing every day? Most prevalently, most ubiquitously. So I, I get up right now. I get up, I go, uh, I do a breathwork session with, with people uh, and then go for a walk. I grab coffee. I spend a lot of time reading and then... Um, so if someone was to watch you and they were allowed to write down one thing without ever asking you a word they were to write down one thing that after having observed you for a number of days that this is the thing that you are most interested in as evidenced by their observation of you what one thing would they write down be specific they wouldn't write down pleasure chase. Struggling. Well, you'd be struggling on your way to something. You'd be struggling with something. What would that person say is your greatest interest? Creativity. In what? In... You're not, you're not being specific enough. What is the most prevalent activity that he would say? Understanding. What? What it is he I don't not, know. I guarantee you, he would not write down understanding. Hmm. You're too caught by the spiritual bug. What would this non-spiritual, regular, run-of-the-mill human being write down? Would, you, would he call you a bicyclist? No. Would he call you a construction worker? No. What would he, what would he by examining your behavior, your activities, and given the assignment of writing down the most prevalent thing that he sees you doing, what would he say 
is your greatest desire slash activity slash pursuit. Meaning making, making meaning. He would not know what making meaning means. He would not see you reading a book called Meaning. He might, but likely not. That's too deep. Uh, what would he see you doing? Living. So he would see you just sitting in a chair all day long, living? Well, yeah, in front of a computer. <laughs> okay, so he would see you on the computer. Okay, now we're maybe getting warm. Okay, what would he see you doing on the computer? What is the most prevalent activity that he would see you doing? What topic? It's going back to learning again. Learning what? Uh, well how the brain works, how the how the yeah, the brain and, and body work. Okay. So you're saying that the most prevalent thing that you find yourself doing if you were to observe would be how the brain and the body work. That would be the number one thing. It's pretty up there. I have a diverse set of things that I do though. But that would be that would be the thing that the biggest that's what you I'm gravitate towards. towards. Yeah. Why? I don't know. What are you what are you looking for? Yeah, I don't know. There's um, no way that you don't know, otherwise you wouldn't be doing it. Mm. You're looking for something. Epiphanies. It's like an epiphany that when a connection gets made between um Oh, oh, um, yeah, I, I had this experience when I was younger where I stopped breathing. It happened many times, and my experience of understanding the brain and the body is helping me to understand more about what happened then. Okay, and where would you like to take this? Is this done to get somewhere, either professionally or whatever it may be? I mean, it's partly wrapped in in that because I can all, I've also realized that me understanding that about my own body helps me understand about other people's bodies and they don't understand a lot of this stuff. Okay, so you're doing it so that you can teach others. Yeah. Okay. So how does this tie into making money and becoming well-known?
Well, there's... Is it that you want to become well-known for teaching others about the brain and the body? No, well, there's, there's, it's the money aspect. I want to uh, teach courses online to companies that are distributed, that have no office, uh, and those people can benefit greatly from uh, learning more about their bodies uh, and, and minds. Okay, so, so that's how this ties in. Yeah. So this is this is directly related to a professional pursuit. Yeah. Is that right? It is now, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. So what I will say to you is there is a truth to that. There is whatever you are pursuing, there is a truth that will lead to the fruition of that in its ultimate bloom. Mm. There's a truth to how it fails. There's a truth to succeeding mildly. Truth is not spiritual. Hmm. It is the only practical thing there is. Spirituality is completely and totally impractical. It is entirely theoretical. It has no basis in reality because it has been mired in concepts and ideals.
So again, I'm running into this issue that there's nothing I can say here. There's just a, I'm having a constant stream of thoughts. And none of those thoughts are important, significant. And I would say that the extrapolation of that into your own life is perhaps the most valuable thing. Mm. So then, uh, yeah, and then it, there's this, uh, if all of that is ignored, all of it is superficial, all of it is just kind of uh, meaningless. There's this other part that isn't meaningless, but I'm never there. The thoughts aren't there when it happens. Everything that everyone does is meaningless. The only thing that matters is the thing that has the possibility of bringing deep and lasting satisfaction. Mm. And what is that? Whatever brings you deep and lasting satisfaction. Mm. But whatever you are chasing will not bring it to you because chases do not bring satisfaction. Satisfaction happens when a thing comes to you. And a thing comes to you when it is attracted to you. Mm. And it is attracted to you when you demonstrate a level of seriousness that is uncommon. And therefore you become a worthy repository for that thing. Mm. Mm. Sounds like a kind of um, this is a it's a concept again. It's this word, wordless devotion. Um. I suppose, but the more you idolize a concept, the more you will lose your way. So beware of epiphanies. Mm. They tend to take you off track.
So what is the truth of how I succeed in bringing you know, understanding of mind and bodies into a business and having them pay me money for that? I don't believe it's a question that you have explored. Mm, it is not. Well, yeah, it's not. No. Oh. So the truth will come through the exploration. Mm. And the nature of the exploration will depend upon the depth of the desire for the truth as opposed to the search for prescriptions. Mm -hmm. And I could turn that into a prescription and say exploration. How do I do exploration? But that is only just essentially this, this, yeah, this, this willingness to to chip away at it. Every person wants the truth about the thing they're really seeking. The greatest misconception is that the truth is spiritual, and it's gotten viewed and perceived as this spiritual term. But in fact, it is the only practical thing there is because everything has a truth. Everything has a 2 plus 2 equals 4. Where if the 2 and the 2 are satisfied, the 4 is inevitable. That is the only logic and the only lucidity and the only practicality following prescriptions is completely ineffective and entirely impractical for anything that is non-mechanical. Hmm. So much of life, so much of human existence is non-mechanical. There's a lot of mechanical things we do throughout the day, but the the, the all the most of what's important to us is not mechanical. And then you can now get some inkling for just how much of a human life is wasted, mm. since most of it is non-mechanical. And if all that is non-mechanical is prescriptionized. Mm. <laughs> Life is a waste. And <laughs> that goes back to the 
second episode we did of the conferences, the conferences are always the the seminars are, are the workshops unless it's is there one it, what is the role of human to human uh, can one human guide another human without being prescriptive first you would have to have two truly sincere and serious human beings in the room uh, two is hard to find mm. uh, if you were to have that then it would be more by way of very a very loose guidance through the vehicle of inspiration much more than information and as for conferences you 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 have to examine things logically who are the conferences for they're for the masses who are the books that are published for they're for the masses they have to be dumbed down and speaking completely honestly the person who wrote it doesn't have to do doesn't have to go to any length to dumb it down he hasn't found it himself cuz he's fitting he's fitting the message into the slot that well he is one of the masses mm. it is like he's withholding anything it's all he knows so everything is by the masses for the masses so how could it be any different? You have to examine the source. You have to examine the audience. You have to examine the demand. And thus you have to examine the supply. It cannot be otherwise. The supply and the demand teach each other. They are soulmates. One creates the other. Who is going to create something for which there is no market whatsoever? Huh. You could argue that I have done such a thing. And you wouldn't be too far off. But that isn't a... That isn't a very appealing thing for virtually anyone the supply is created in order to feed the demand and that's all mechanical no that's all untruth people are seeking prescriptions therefore they are given prescriptions The masses seek prescriptions, then one of the masses who was seeking those prescriptions leaves and goes to write a book about prescriptions. Mm. You have to see society for what it is. This mass enlightenment and the species and conscious capitalism and it's all drivel 
Everyone is a liar. Everyone is a fraud. Most prevalently to themselves. This it's this this loop in the head that it doesn't get anywhere. That none of the thoughts lead to anything. It's there's. They lead to something when you're talking to someone else.
I don't understand that. Do you have these long silences, not knowing uh, what to say, with other guests? No. And no. the reason, and the reason that you don't, is because they oblige you with prescriptions, <laughs> and you eat it up, and that is somewhere that the mind can and will willingly go. And every such conversation leaves you empty with nothing to show for your time. The same as a social event. It leaves you empty. The pleasure comes, the pleasure goes. Then there is a massive void, a vacuum, which one is compelled to refill with another pleasure, one more social event, one more guest that, that you can ask questions to who will give you an answer, and you will discuss and debate the answer, and then you will say goodbye, and he will say goodbye, and he will go on with his life, you will go on with yours, and neither of you will get anywhere. Each of you may be proud afterwards to see how wonderfully you asked questions, and he may be proud how wonderfully he answered them. It is a race to zero. It is all empty ego. Huh. Yeah. So none of this can change the fundamental human condition. No. Why would it? How can asking for prescriptions, asking empty questions and receiving empty answers, change the human condition? I shouldn't have to say no. Examine it for yourself. Hmm. How can it? it? I mean, it can't because the... Then every podcast is a waste of time. Everyone talks nonsense. Listen to the radio. Listen to these talks. They're laughing half the time, talking about their previous experiences, making stupid jokes, ridiculous comments, asking empty questions about one's favorite color and the best shot he ever hit and where what he likes to do with his free time. I think suicide is better. Human beings utterly and shamelessly waste their lives and a life is a very precious thing but no activities are a waste are not a waste of time there are all activities are a waste of time anything that is not done in order to gain some sense of permanence in one's life mm. is a waste of time Anything that keeps one on the hook for a chase that never ends is a waste of time. That is not my definition. Just listen to the words and see if they make sense to you. You don't have to believe me. If I give you something today and take it away tomorrow, causing you to need it again the next day, then take it away again causing you to need it again the next day and take it away again. 
do you need to have faith in my words that that's a waste of time? Mm. What are you possibly going to ask on all these shows? How is it possibly going to transform your life? And if it's not going to, then what's the point? Mm. Well, I mean, then what's the point of anything? Well, that is an extreme view that you are using as a nice camouflage so that you don't have to examine what the things that you do are. So that you can dismiss everything in one stroke and not have to actually pick things apart and say, wait a minute, there could be some significance here that might mm-hmm. lead to lasting satisfaction. Mm-hmm. But in order to justify you doing these podcasts, you will then say, everything's meaningless, and since I'm not going to not do anything, then that'll allow me to justify doing these podcasts. Welcome to the world of the clever mind. You will never get your time back. And as long as you realize that only intellectually, you will one day arrive at the hour in which your time is up. So essentially, the the clever mind is a, an enemy. It's like a stealing all my time. Just, yeah, you're not a victim. Hmm. You have the sense to be able to examine it, rather than blaming the mind.
because I promise you, if you were drowning in a lake, you wouldn't say, so the lungs fill with water and the lungs are costing me my life. Hmm. That's more, that's more cleverness. So I have an appointment in a few minutes. Um, Got to wrap up. Uh, usually I ask for a prescription at the end. <laughs> I have a feeling. And all, and all throughout. <laughs> but that's, there is no, there is no having a conversation without prescription descriptions unless well all right and that's and that's your way of saying uh, that prescriptions are still okay with you which is uh, which there is nothing wrong with Okay, yeah, I've got to go, but um, thank you. <laughs> uh, and yeah. Okay, good night. Good night.